The Fourth Wall, Episode 16, Hero Coda and Janelle Kerfman. You're listening to The Fourth Wall, a podcast that takes you beyond the screen or the page and brings you into our conversations with the creative people behind your favorite movies, TV shows, comics, and more. My name is Michael R. I'm the podcast editor here at Den of Geek, and today we're talking to Hiro Koda and Janelle Kerfman, who are the stunt coordinator husband-wife duo in charge of Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid continuation, you might say, on YouTube Premium. Janelle Kerfman and Hiro Koda have both been nominated for an Emmy for their stunt coordination for Cobra Kai, and Hiro Koda was also the stunt coordinator for season three of Stranger Things, which we talked to him a little bit about in this interview. And he also was in charge of stunts for Ozark, to name another credit there. Janelle served as Sandra Bullock's stunt double in the Netflix hit Bird Box, as well as Karen Gillan's stunt double for Jumanji 1 and the upcoming Jumanji 2. And she also worked on Venom and Avatar, among other projects. But we're really here to talk to Hero and Janelle about this wonderful fight-centered show, Cobra Kai, which has garnered a lot of attention on Den of Geek, and it has a lot of fans out there. So we really wanted to get at what it takes to coordinate the stunts for this kind of show, which has them featured so prominently. So here's the discussion we had with this married couple and professional partnership, Hiro Koda and Janelle Kerfman. All right, we're here with Janelle Kerfman and Hiro Koda, who are stunt coordinators for all kinds of different properties. We want to congratulate you guys for your Emmy nomination for season two of Cobra Kai. Well deserved. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, good to be here. And I guess I should start off with Cobra Kai because that's such an amazing show that tons of Den of Geek readers are huge fans of. And what's on everyone's mind is that big school fight at the end of season two. That must have been like herding cats in stunt rehearsals. What goes into choreographing something like that on that scale? It was it was a massive sequence that we had to put together and the scheduling and time frame that we had was very difficult. But the cast in in that whole training process between the entire season they were training in between days that they were any day that they had off basically they were training um and keeping their training up with their martial arts and whatnot, but uh, getting into the choreography of that, we had, what was it, two day, was it spread out over two and a half days over two weekends to shoot the entire sequence at the high school. And I mean, we were literally choreographing the last day on our first day of shooting at times that we had free just to find the sections in the school that were available for us to get into and just try to work out the sequences there um, that we had planned to do. And did you, do you have the opinion that pretty much anyone can learn some of these stunts, like from the scrawniest kid to the most buff jock? You know, we have a very unique cast in the sense that everybody is very eager to learn. Everybody wants to train. They want to learn choreography. They want to do as much of the fight as they can themselves, as far as our actors go. And we've just gotten really lucky because they're actually all really good. And you've probably encountered a lot of actors that insist on doing their own stunts in this project and others. Do you, do you only say no when it's a question of safety or do you have to also factor in the extra time it might take to train them? 
Um, both. Yes to both of those, because it does take time to factor in the, using the actors. But there's a lot of times where the actor is probably very capable of doing certain things, but just safety-wise, there's no way we can use them within the sequence because of a chance of getting hurt. If they get hurt, then our show goes down. So it makes it difficult to talk them through the situations. Like, yeah, I know you can do this, but you can't right now. You got to have somebody else do this part. I mean, uh, Jacob, who plays Hawk, is an unbelievable athlete and very eager to, I think he wants to be a stuntman instead of an actor, to be honest. <laughs> he, uh, he, he's very good and wants to do everything possible that he can do. And just for an example, in high school, when he gets thrown into that glass at the end, he wanted to do that shot so bad. And I, there's just no way he could do that. The safety issues and in in him being hurt was too high. And are there any particular challenges of doing stunt doubles for children in terms of their stature? I, I was going to ask you a little bit about Stranger Things later. So I'm wondering, are there stunt doubles for children that are you know particularly suited for that job in your line of work? Yeah, there's there's a lot of, um, I mean, luckily our cast is a little bit, they're, they're young, they're uh, minors, but they are taller. So finding younger stunt guys to double them is not too difficult because they're taller and in stranger things when you're finding uh, doubles for much smaller children it gets a little bit more difficult but there's a lot of I used in the past we use a lot of females that are very small in height and they're great for kid doubles for that but they are adults still but they're kids they're they're good for doubling kids and what are some of the things in stranger things that viewers wouldn't necessarily notice in terms of the stunt work where you can point out exactly where stunts were used well, that's the thing with our job is like to find very good doubles. And I mean, we pride ourselves on finding people that are, are very good doubles and good matches for their actors so that the action and what the stunt doubles and the cast do work, you know, seamlessly. So nobody can really tell if it was that really the actor or was yeah. that stunt guy. Can't tell. And that's like what we pride ourselves on doing. And, and if we can hide that well and nobody knows, then we've done a good job. Yeah, it's like visual effects in that respect. You don't necessarily want people to notice <laughs> what you've done. Yeah, exactly. The stunt guys are, are there for uh, backup and safety of their actor and, and taking care of what we need for the action in the sequence. What's one of the things from Stranger Things that you can highlight that you really enjoyed doing for that series? Um, well, I was second unit directing quite a bit on there as well, so that was a lot of fun to be able to direct a lot of the big fight sequences throughout the whole series. So that was probably the best. I mean, all the fights in that show were very different. And so it's, uh, it's a challenge all the way through to the end. And now Janelle, you've recently doubled such actors as Sandra Bullock in Bird Box and Karen Gillan in Jumanji. Do you prefer the more high action fighting like in Jumanji or, or straight up danger avoidance and survival movies like, like Bird Box? I really like both. It's nice to, you know, one of the things I love about this job is every project is different and you never really know what you're going to get until you show up on the day. But it's nice to have that variety. I like a lot of the choreographed action, you know, the fights and things like that. But Bird Box was a lot of fun in not necessarily having choreography, but just you know, being out in the elements, being in, on the river and being up in the redwoods and taking tumbles down hills. So 
it was fun to be out of a soundstage and out in the elements. And can you talk a little bit about the uh, community that you guys have? Is there a really tight-knit community that you work with? Uh, you guys did Cobra Kai in Atlanta, correct? Yes, that's correct. And what's the community down there like? The community here has grown quite large in the last, I don't know, what, five, ten years, just because the film industry has moved a lot of things here in Atlanta. Um, there's a lot of folks from L.A. that have moved here and re just uprooted their own families and moved here to work in Atlanta. So um, having the groups of people here and finding new folks and then also finding people here that I've known from L.A. from shows I've done in L.A., it's it's a good group here. And we actually were kind of wondering how you guys got together as a pair. Can you tell us a little bit about how you met and what's it like working together as a married couple? Do you want to say Uh, Yeah, we... (laughs) It, you know, it was a it was a chance happening. I got hired last minute on a commercial that Hito was shooting over Thanksgiving weekend, and I was a replacement for somebody they had to let go last minute, and they'd had a week of rehearsal. I came in last minute on the day, super nervous because I knew of Hito. I knew who he was, and I think he'll tell you it was sort of love at first sight where... <laughs> not too excited. It, it, it took me a little while to be okay with, <laughs> you know, dating within the industry and that sort of thing. Um, but that commercial brought us together and then he continued to hire me and we continued to work together and it just sort of blossomed from there. But working together, you know, most of the time when we go on to a new show, people don't know that we're married and sometimes we'll get through entire seasons and it's not until we show up together at the wrap party that people are like, wait a second, you guys are married. (laughs) So we do like to stay very professional and I I know it's not for everybody working with their spouse, but we, it's something we really enjoy doing and we work really well together. And it's nice because even when we get into, you know, doing choreography and things like that, I can always tell, you know, if he likes one of my ideas or doesn't like one of my ideas and, we're pretty good at taking each other's constructive criticism as well. So we've gotten, got it pretty dialed in. (laughs) And of course we know Janelle also does the stunts themselves. In addition to doing stunt coordination hero, do you still get out in the, in the trenches yourself? I do every now and again when uh, in between shows, if I'm, if I have some time in between uh, shows that I'm running, I'll get a phone call here and there from people running some things and say, Hey, are you available? I still have people calling me all the time, asking me if I'm available. I say, I know you're not, but I'm just going to check anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I, I'll get out and play a little bit. I, it's, it's uh, not something that I, uh, there's certain things that I I don't really care to do anymore. Like, but there's a lot of things that people call me for and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll come play. Well, that's what I was also wondering is that what's the appeal for you to do the coordination, like what's the big draw there that maybe a danger hound uh, might still enjoy, even if they don't get to do it themselves. I, 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 I performed for over 20 years in this business. And so that being said, it's not that I've already done enough that I don't care to do it anymore, but for coordinating, I, I really enjoy creating and designing action and just being as innovative as possible and bringing new things to the table. And I enjoy 
reading these scripts and breaking them down and figuring out how to develop and choreograph and design the action as per the story and tell my story through the action. I, I really enjoy that part of it. My ultimate goal in my career is to move into full directing. I, I am doing a lot of second unit directing now, which I really enjoy as well, but that's where I'm headed. And in that sense, is Cobra Kai kind of a, a dream come true from the standpoint of your involvement in the process? Cause I imagine the stunts really have to be part of the story in the writer's room. The fights are such a huge part of the story and it's very, and the writers and, and Janelle and I all together get together and really discuss all the, the sequences with them. Cobra Kai was when that first came along, I was I, I, the producer of the show was someone I've done shows for way back in 2000 and I'd known the producer for a very long time. And when he got that show, he immediately thought of me, called me immediately and said, Hey, I'm doing the show. I met and met with the, the guys and, and discussed the project, but to be able to do something with Cobra Kai, which is Karate Kid was such a huge part of my life as a child. Um, I grew up in martial arts. My father was my instructor. I pretty much took karate since I was a baby and uh, Karate Kid was huge in my time when I was younger. So being able to do this project was just, I don't know, it was pretty incredible. It was pretty awesome. And then to meet, you know, these guys that were my heroes when I was a kid was just amazing. Now with Cobra Kai season three in the works, uh, how far in advance do you have to start working on choreography and what stage are you in right now? Well, the, the office is just opened and we've, over the last two seasons, which we're going to continue with this season, we get the casket started training about a month out. They'll start doing some pre-training and just doing physical training and keeping getting the cobwebs off, I guess, if you would. And then when they, they'll arrive here probably two and a half weeks before filming, and then we'll get we'll dive into starting to get them through the new choreography that we're going to have. And then they'll continue their training through through the whole series as we have in the past. It's just any days that they have off, they train. And I have to ask just for the fans of Cobra Kai, and I'm not going to ask you to pick any favorites or anything like that, but who would you say among the cast has most improved and just really has grown into their own through the course of the series? Oh, that's a good question. Most improved. <laughs> um, gosh, they've all improved so much, especially the younger cast. I mean, Billy Zapka and Ralph Macchio came in with, I don't want to say previous training, but, you know, their experience on the first few movies. But most of our newer cast, our younger cast, came in with little to no training whatsoever. I think for me, most improved for season two is Mary Mauser, who worked her butt off to perfect every single detail and move and piece of choreo that we threw at her. She worked really, really hard. And to see the change in her from the beginning of the season to the final product when we finally watched the season, it was just astounding what she accomplished on screen. Well, we really have enjoyed Cobra Kai here at Den of Geek, and we wish you the best of luck in season three. Thanks so much for talking to us today. Yeah, thank thank you, Michael. All right, well, that was some great insight that we got from Hero and Janelle, and we really appreciate them talking to us about Cobra Kai, which has really just been 
such a big draw for Den of Geek, and we've got a lot of people following along with all the news centered around that show. But that'll wrap things up for this episode. Come back in two weeks for the next edition of the podcast, when we'll break through the fourth wall once again to talk to another creator or performer behind the entertainment that you love. Remember to follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US. My name is Michael R., and you can follow me at Mike Sci-Fi. Find more content at denofgeek.com, and thanks for listening. Join us again next time, Beyond the Fourth Wall. Beyond the Fourth Wall.